I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Can't believe you broke. Going on. I know, I know. Back. Well, I thought we might have some embarrassing shit to like discuss with each other. Eh. Nah. I mean, what in are we going to em- talk about in these Fucking embarrassing times? Us just like hiding out. And, like, I don't want to talk about that. You know, everyone's doing the same shit, man. You know, just a little scared, trying to get by. If you got kids, trying to keep a nice straight face around them and make it a positive experience while hiding your terror yeah if you know you, if you like, hear like um if you hear like a poorly done acoustic rendition of smells like teen spirit both my kids are trying to learn that right now oh dude my niece knows the drums if you want to start a virtual <laughs> band. <laughs> here we go all Let's right the kids band see you know what that leads to something that i've been thinking about lately you know which is my friend neil who is a very wise uh, doctor who was raised with Hinduism, he, um, we were having a conversation where he kind of was framing it like, listen, like we're both this age, we both have this many kids, we've been X amount of successful in the fields we've tried to be in, like, like it's got nothing to do with us anymore. You know what I mean? Like right. we've been given everything you could actually ask for in reality. I mean, if you look in the history of time, like most people were super dead by forty. <laughs> you know, up until like a few hundred years ago, right. you know, even just that, the fact that we're going gray should be an accomplishment. Yeah, it's not know? natural. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm trying to look at it like that and I'm trying to see it mathematically. You know, I got a statistical brain and I have no sports. Right. But based on loose numbers, the average human of the world will live 3,600 to 4,000 weeks in their life, hmm. you know? And okay. if we're getting by here with like 12 to 16 of them being super fucked up and everything else works out okay, where you actually get to live 4,000 weeks, like, it's just, it's merely a blip. It's a total blip. A flesh wound. We'll come it's out like stronger. Monty Python, you know? <laughs> Some fucked up shit's going to happen in the next couple of weeks, but, you know, like, what can we do about that? Control what you can control, you know? Well. I gotta say, the beach house is a good uh, is a good place to be hiding out during the Walking Yo, Dead times. <laughs> blow up my spot, man! I could be anywhere though. I could be Cancun. The beach house in San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My San Diego <laughs> beach house, where I have three fingers of Glenlivet 
and some cheese. I have been drinking a lot of scotch and collecting driftwood off the beach. So day by day, I'm getting more and more like my idols, Ron Burgundy and Ron Swanson. (laughs) Just is increasing. I'm like, oh, this would be a nice piece to whittle. (laughs) Dude, you need to sit down with that scotch and write a nice song about driftwood. A nice mellow piece. My piece is going to be dried out by tonight, so I'll guarantee you tonight when the kids go to sleep, there's going to be a Laphroaig with one ice cube and some whittling going on. Dude, you know? I don't know. I'm like thinking this is this sounds like a good thing to me. Yeah. I'm I'm ready for this lifestyle. Yeah. Get me out of this I've tower. I've been ready. Nothing, <laughs> dude, nothing has convinced me to get the fuck out of the city more than this. That's uh, well, I wish I got that gun, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, you got you guns, guys? baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I need. I brought my axe. <laughs> <laughs> That's scarier. Yeah. <laughs> scarier than a gun. So we have a cool episode. Dude, this is a great episode. And I was just yeah. thinking like, you know, I mean, here we are. I don't know if it's obvious. Benny and I are looking at each other on a screen because we're both quarantined, I guess. I don't know if it's that. That's a strong word. But we're doing the right thing. Um, Distancing. But I was thinking, you know, and and it's hard for me because my whole thing with going off track is like a bunch of guys in a room shooting the shit. And um, it's going to be tough if we have to do like some real episodes like this, but we might have to. But yeah. I was thinking, you know, at least this episode, which is a great episode, was done 2020 BC before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was. We have some analog organic episodes when humans could still interact with yeah. each other. So we're I literally, all- I literally met Brian in Jersey City for this interview and rode the path and the subway. Yeah, to get to the studio. I mean, is that like literally? going to be like a year, two years away from like happening again. Uh, like that's that, crazy to think. You I know? Don't even... So, okay. My, my brother-in-law lives in Hong Kong and... Oh no, he doesn't know someone in the secret service, does he? No, but they, they, uh, he sent okay. you pictures of like the subway and everybody's on the subway. They're, they're like kind of back to normal, but they're wearing masks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But their and subway is, yeah, their yeah. subway is like, is full again. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I mean, they're they're gonna play basketball in China in a couple months. I, I, I don't know. Well, it's gonna be fine. All we could do, we just got to try to get the information and then stay positive. You my, know what I? What my worry is that you know, in in three weeks, you're not gonna want to leave your driftwood, Benny. This is gonna be your new life. You're hey. gonna you're gonna start selling it. You're gonna you're gonna paint little scenes on it. And be selling it to the tourists. This is going to be Benny's new life. This is one thing where I really think people of our ilk should view the way we've uh, framed our lives as an advantage. You know what I mean? Like, I've been used to a certain level of uh, discomfort and um, kind of things changing abruptly and quickly. Like, I've never really had, like, settled ground. So, like, something randomly coming into my life and altering the course and me having to do a bunch of shit feels semi-natural. Right. Like, that part of it is kind of like I'm really trying to embrace as, like, a unique opportunity. A lot of people at my age from 39 to death will just get into the fucking routine and then, you know, at the end be like, oh, I wonder if what would have happened if I made a left somewhere, you know? So, I... uh there's a lot of cool stuff to this, and I'm in a unique position to be able to try to try to navigate it well. I mean, that's not to say that 
we shouldn't make light of anything going on. And I'm not trying to do that. I know there's like a million people who are sick or struggling with money, uh, struggling with work and their own families. And don't think I'm not either. I'm just trying to find the, the, the positive linings of what's happening. That is, that's a great message. And it, you know, because it's true that like every experience you're not going to, you know, this is it. This is your experience. So try to find the positive and try to find something to to make it worth, you know. Exactly. And especially for our kids because kids, they're not going to remember like the intricacies. They don't remember. They, they don't give a shit about Donald Trump. I was zero through eight when Ronald Reagan was president. I didn't know the fuck Ronald Reagan was until I became a teenager. You know what I mean? Like, like they're not going to remember that shit. Right. All they're going to remember is how it felt. Yeah. You know, they're just going to remember like a place and a feeling. No, that's exactly like, it. That's the thing we need to secure, you know? Yeah. Well, smells like teen spirit. We'll have, we'll, I'll call you when we, when they've got the cords down. But it's, it's <laughs> apropos for this interview because I know a lot of Brian's shift in the way he's written songs and the way he views the world and just even personally is based on having kids and that changing perspective and, you know. Right that has really shaped like the way he went and gave him the confidence to be a lot more personal. So this actually worked out crazy. So how long ago did we interview this? We did this about what, five, six weeks ago now. Yeah. Something like that. And you know, we were sitting on it to wait until Brian's record was going to come closer to coming out to release, not knowing this would happen. And Brian would subsequently have to cancel his tours uh, which he has, I'm afraid to say. Um, but the record is still coming out, March 27th, Local Honey. Yeah, baby. On his own record label, his own extension now. It's like a full-on B-Fal project, you know? Yeah. And it's cool getting into this with him. I mean, me and Brian have had a really cool and interesting history between us, ups and downs, but like... I don't know. There's not a lot of people I know better and I know knows me better because of those things. And, you know, we're in a great place now. I think we're an example of uh, what two grown men can do if you're not too stubborn to change a little bit, you know? Yeah, you can feel it, man. You can feel it in this interview. I mean, it's it's fun. It was nice to be in the room. I was going to do a fun teaser and be like, listen, we get into the fact that a lurid four-way love affair was the thing that slowed down <laughs> gaslight and oh dude it's so just, funny you would say that because the one thing i was thinking about and i thought about i don't know how this came up but like a week after we did this i thought oh my god we fucking really missed our opportunity to have you guys do like a full-on fake like <laughs> yeah, reality yeah, yeah. tv fight that we could have released as like a teaser to I don't really think Brian get would have done it. He doesn't like fucking no. with people like that. Not like I do. It no. would have been oh, but how funny yeah. would it have been to release like a week beforehand so that like press could have picked it up? <laughs> and then it's great. this <laughs> it's this beautiful bro down. It would have been great. Well, anyway, you know. Well, well, hey, why don't you splice something together? You're the engineer, you know? <laughs> you got I'll fake his voice. I'll fake his voice. All right. Well, without further ado, let's get let's get into the episode with Brian. All right. You guys realize you could do this from your houses, right? <laughs> <Sorry>. Different, <laughs> different vibe. I don't that like Brad's impressive. elevator. 
We don't, I don't have uh... No, I mean, you can each be in your own house. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Oh, we can't do them. Yeah, you can. Then how can I look Skype. at his mustache and make fun of The Hard of Times does it. Skype is... I just heard you on The Hard Times. They're all over the place. Yeah. Those guys, those are your boys, huh? Two-time winner. Yeah. Dude, that shit was funny. Number yeah, you one went on podcast. Twice. You were like four hours on The Hard Times. How yeah. did that even happen? They hit me up, and they were like... Will you do it? Because I just like I joke about anytime they joke about me, I I supply them with more jokes about me. Right, right, right. Uh, Actually, willingly is that like? Fire. So I noticed I was reading. I was I listened to your whole part two with the hard times. Yeah, I listened to all of it. I didn't think it was as good as part one. Oh shit! Okay, I chose you the do? wrong one. Okay, no, it's I fine. thought it was good. That's I okay. It was good. It was all funny. Right. I was I LOL'd many times. <laughs> um, but what I thought was funny is that you know back in the day. You used to get shredded by Jaded Punk Hulk, yeah, and then managed to like befriend him and make Jaded Punk Hulk your friend, and then actually find out who the real person was and yep. still make him your friend. And then the hard times starts making fun of you, and all yep. of a sudden they're your friends, and you're on the hard. So I gotta ask: this seems like part of your <laughs> philosophy here. What's I, going on there? Is it keep your enemies close? I am a bold pony. <laughs> I am a strong, bold pony. I can no. It's because I don't take myself as I have been uh, carefully curated as a uh, very serious, uh, yeah. thoughtful, uh, sometimes foolish songwriter. Um, you know, with these 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 images that have been projected onto me, and and truthfully, I am a. Silly, silly man. Yeah. <laughs> silly man. I have read things about you before. It's just not I, true. I just laugh. Yeah. I just it's, laugh. I'm like, you know, you know, Brian's at home playing Batman right now, right? Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna play PS4. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, that's what's going on. Yeah. Not thinking about anything. They're like, they're like, Brian Fallon woke up this morning, lit a cigarette, mm. took a highway cruise down the beach boulevard. Yep. Then came home and repaired his garage right don't even have a garage new tar yeah. you did all sorts of dirty shit but you didn't even get dirty like you yeah. have a white shirt that didn't get anything yeah. on it right yeah and then don't even smoke so yeah and yeah. then by like in that fantastical imagining of your day what happens to you at like four like what do they think happens to you like at night well i i'm busy uh clearly i'm busy pulling out of here to win <laughs> you know, because it's a town full of losers. Oh, uh, okay. So at four o'clock, I'm in, I'm out. You know, I've I've done my right my righteous deed oh, okay. of, of coolness, and then I, <laughs> I I let this place burn. I see, baby. So, so you're not you know going. Saying? To, so you're not going to AC to bet on the ponies. No, I'm or... uh, I'm you know, I'm on a you know, I'm glowing like the metal on the edge of the knife or whatever. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's pretty funny, Brad. We used to go certain places. I don't know how it happened, but like, there was just the narrative that we were like the saltiest motherfuckers ever. Like, we literally would like roll up to a show in a pickup truck, like just undo <laughs> our tool belts and just walk right on stage, like dust off the jeans and walk right on stage. You know, I'd be like, uh, dude, there's no reason to shoot down that myth. Well, yeah, I guess we kept. Come yeah, on, there's no reason to tell them too much, right? No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, 
it, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, my dad's a doctor of psychology. What? Oh, no. No, he's not. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I was, <laughs> yeah. No, they, people invent things in their, in their minds. I, yeah. many times, oh, daily, on the, secondly, on yeah, the internet. Yeah. yeah. They do it, they're doing it right now as we speak. Yeah. Inventing yeah. things. Well, it's, it's projections, though. It's like what you, you know, how do you perceive people? And, and you know, I don't think that any of that was, was like an intentional um, like conjuring of, on our part. We weren't trying to make up this thing. We were, we were, I mean, we were just, we were trying to get people to hear our music. We weren't busy with the other business. We probably would have been way more famous if we thought of, uh, you know, like a, a, a look. Yeah, yeah. Because every big band, I mean, like even like the, I mean, if you're talking about pinnacle looks, like you're talking Striper. Yeah. You know, bumblebees. You know, they had everybody like some of those age better than others. Though. Yeah, but one of them wasn't dressed up as like a ladybug. It was bumblebees. We yeah. are bumblebees, and right. all of us are bumblebees. And there was a roundtable discussion that was like bumblebees. Bumblebees. That We're says committed. that says down with the devil. Yeah, bumblebees. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you know, then there's aquabats. All of them aquabats. Sure. Not one aqua anything else. You can get my ass to wear black jeans. For I'm just like saying. Six years. Yeah. <laughs> so, so these are the these are the things. I think that if you, you know, you present, we weren't aware of brands and and those things. No, we were very stupid people. <laughs> yeah. Culturally, I did not know anything about branding or. I th- whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, we were probably naive in a lot of ways, but at the same time, I think like that almost like. Those sort of like, uh, I think we had like blinders on in some ways in a good way. Yeah. I mean, it, at least it allowed us to like focus on the things that like functionally you should probably be focusing on. Yeah. If the world was a perfect world and you were actually judged on the content of your material and stuff like that and not anything else, then we were probably idealists almost in a way thinking like that was going to work. Yeah, I mean, these days you have to be a good person and everything. <laughs> Exhausting. <laughs> Exhausting. Exhausting. <laughs> Such a task. Yeah, I mean, what's next? Good teeth? You know? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. What would we do about that? I don't know. I'm going to the dentist right after this. You got bad teeth. And yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a thing. Teeth. I look like a jack-o'-lantern. You're Sorry. all fake now. Yeah. <laughs> all fake. Are th- How many teeth in there are Six. original? Oh. Oh, no, more than that. Six. I thought you were saying how many are fake. Oh, six only six fake. fakes? Six fakes, yeah. So out of 28, 22 are original. Wow. I watched, I watched Brian in Germany once. It's pretty good that you knew that you have 28 teeth because I didn't. I was like, oh, yeah, how many teeth do you want to know why I know that? Wow. Because the ska band Buck09 had a record called 28 <laughs> Teeth. And that's why I know because I saw it and I bought it and I counted my teeth. Does it count wisdom teeth? Uh, no, it doesn't. Because if you have 28 teeth plus the four wisdom teeth, it's 32. It's 32, yeah. okay. That's, All right. That's why I know that. Nice. Yeah. So what does that do? For Educate my the kids. Image? However, with ska or whatever else. Yeah. Hey, you know, with or without ska, I'll take it. Did it change? So you between? I remember in the Queen movie, Freddie Mercury said he couldn't fix his teeth because it would have messed up his uh, the way he sang. Didn't it? Did it? Have, did it change when you were getting your teeth worked on? Did you no. have to like adjust? Uh uh-uh. no. I never had anything like that. Um, none of that. It never, it never did anything, which I actually thought because there was a, a period of time where I was missing teeth. Right. And I thought that that would be an issue, um, and it, it never ended up being an issue, right. which is really weird. It just it, Sometimes it's awkward because like, I would be self-conscious about it, but like, <laughs> I don't think anybody else yeah. cared. So this is the first non-smoking record. First non-smoking record. Yeah, yeah so what was that Ooh. like? 
That was it was weird because when you're writing, you want to smoke. Yeah, because it's frustrating business. And it's very part of your process. Smoking. Yes, like cigarettes are part getting of getting up, smoking, schedule, thinking, like, yeah. smoking. Well, it physically talking, affects your voice, right? Yeah, it does. I guess it, clearly negatively. <laughs> so, well, that was the thing. I, so, so I can't recommend smoking, guys. But I mean, I, I heard the first single, and and I don't know if like I mean I don't know if anyone's heard Brian sing more than me. You know, like I'm oh, not yeah, sure. That's true. And like, uh, and you know, automatically, I was like, when you hit that that first high note towards towards the end of the first uh, yeah. the end of the first verse, I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Like my ears perked up, and I'm like, "Oh, Brian couldn't do that, or no. like he could, but didn't want to because you didn't want to do it live and shit like two hundred yeah. times. Right. Like you could pull it off in the studio, but you'd be like, fuck, like I don't want to go do that thirty straight nights in Germany or something. Right. That'll hurt. Yeah. So like, it, you really notice like it giving you that much more depth in your in your voice like that, huh? Yeah, I, I just did that as a uh, on a demo. And it was just to be a placeholder of what, and I just kind of did it. And then I was like, well, that's cool. Let's try that again. And then, uh, and I found out I could do it um, yeah. on command, as they awesome. say. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and I said, well, I guess that's, you know, smoking. But the thing I noticed at first, uh, at first was that I did it and then immediately, people always say you shouldn't quit smoking on tour, right. which I fully disagree with because huh. your day is so busy on tour that you, you, you don't have time to think uh, about it when uh, you're occupied, which I sure. think that the secret to breaking a lot of habits would be to occupy yourself with other right. things. Um, and I, I was on the tour, and I noticed that the first show to the last show, there was no change in how I was able to do things. So, whereas normally there would have been. Right. Hmm. You know, there would be like ups and downs. It would get better and worse and, you know, just sort of lose my voice sometimes, but not really, but it would just be harder. Well, Keith Richards was famously quoted years ago saying that he was only a junkie off the road mm, because mm. it was only when he got bored, nothing to do, that he hit the smack. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, and it was exactly what you're saying that when he was on the road, he just had too much to do. It was like he was occupied, he was engaged. Yeah, Brian, so that's I actually, good. There you go. Yeah, I actually have a theory about this. Maybe you can you can see if it holds water or not. It's a new theory, but. Okay. Benny's yeah. new theory, number yeah, 39. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so even in my experience, like, when we came home from being off the road for so long, you know, a lot happened in a, my personal life at first, so it, you know, took a while to resettle. But at some point, I really, like, sat back and was like, I think my brain is different. Like, literally think my brain is different. And when I really think about it, I'm imagining, you know, I'm a sort of an anxious guy, and... And you remember, like, how worked up I get before, like, every show. Like, mm -hmm. just, like, really, like, working myself up to it. And, like, and there's a lot of, like, tension and anxiety. And then just this, like, massive fucking release, you know, where sweat and serotonin and all this shit just, like, blah, 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 blasting. And then, boom, like, just done. And then, like, rinse, repeat, like, again, like, maybe, like, thousand times over, like, five, six years or something. And then all of a sudden, like... You come home, and it all settles, and that dopamine never gets quite as low, that serotonin never gets quite as high. Yeah. And I feel like it actually has, like, potentially chemically, like, changed me, where I would be uh, more susceptible to, like, depression or anxiety or, like, mood swings and stuff like that 
And not only because of the loss of the experience, but I'm actually starting to think there might be like a physiological element to it. You think, I don't, I you don't think know. that sounds legit? I mean, in my completely uneducated opinion, sure. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a weird thing. Touring is not natural. Like moving away from all sense of home and family, and that's not what your average person does. They, they, you know, grow up, maybe move away from their home, go to college, and then they find a place to literally settle down. Right. And they don't, whether you're single or married, it doesn't matter. Like you still plant yourself in some, it's not often you find a wandering, and not only wandering, um, like even if somebody's like wandering, they'll be like, oh, I'm going to wander the United States where I mm. live. They're not going to be like, I'm going to go to Romania and just check it out and see. But I'm only going to be there for 24 hours, so I literally get no sense yeah. of safety <laughs> at all. And then tomorrow, I'm going to do it again somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you don't get a comfort. There is no comfort. Like, no. And even the moving vehicle that you're traveling in, that's not a comfort because right. it's even itself is moving yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah. and changing constantly constantly changing so yeah and the people too like you know how uh say you you decide to take a new like band member or crew member out right and within like two days you know like when they shit in the morning you know, like what they like to eat for breakfast. Yeah, if they like coffee or not. Uh, yeah, like do they have a family? <laughs> How often do they call home? Are they connected to that? You're like, <coughs> bless you. I Thank know, you. like you're like Jesus Christ. Like I didn't know this person from my asshole 48 hours ago, and now, uh, and now all of a sudden I know these extremely intimate details about them. They know the same about me, well, and then I'm never going to see him again in like three weeks. Right. You know, like, like, right. what does that do to also your sense of like community companionship? Like, 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 it makes sense why someone who's been doing this on a really large scale for fifty years or something has a really difficult time connect, like, really connecting with people. They don't have a difficult time like sitting in a room and being a ham and making people like them. Right, that's easy now. But like to actually like give up Engage. a part of yourself. And get a real part of yourself from someone else that's like legitimate. I feel like the longer and longer you do it, you would either have to stay super disciplined to maintain it, or it just kind of goes away by default. Well, it's more than just touring, though. The people you're talking about are surrounded by yes men their whole life. Mm. I mean, you're talking about major rock stars, right? Yeah, I guess so. I never found that to be true. Everybody told us what we were doing wrong. <laughs> like, l- literally constantly. <laughs> hey, do you think I had this idea? No, it's the worst thing ever. Shut up. Oh, sorry. That keeps you grounded. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Super grounded, right? Down in there with the dirt. <laughs> yeah, you feel like you never off. ran into like the like the sycophants too much, huh? No, like in not our pet. at all. Yeah. No. I think, it, no. <laughs> no. Well, this is what you should have been doing. I always found the, well, why don't you always that? Like, never the like, well, that was a good job. Yeah, yeah, It would always be the, how come you can't be more like, (laughs) and it would always be some uh, very successful for a moment person that is now Oh, yeah, the worst example. Always. Those are always the worst examples. The flavor of the month. Yeah, it was Don't ever point to flavor of the month. Always it was that. And there was always those people, too, who would hear something, and you could tell, like, you have nothing real to say about this. You just want to be able to tell people that you made a change or an addition to this thing. Yeah. That's like the only reason you're saying anything is so if 
by some chance this record becomes wildly successful, you can say you put your stamp on it in like the rock doc or like whatever. It's like all, <laughs> it's like pre-fluffing. I don't think they do rock docs anymore. Wasn't that thing? Uh, <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, you know, everybody should have listened to Lars Ulrich, but then he, you know, everybody ruined it. So <laughs> he was right. He was right. It's crazy. I don't know if he was right to sue a kid. Though. No, no. Took However, it a little far. I'm going to say this. You know what I learned the other day? Yesterday, as a matter of fact, not the other day. Uh, in truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, Be precise. Well, you know. <laughs> so the, um, the, the whole thing was that, that Metallica apparently gives like millions of dollars away to like charitable organizations. Okay. And like always takes younger bands on tour and gives them yeah. kind of a help. That and, is true. And everyone only remembers that. Right. that <laughs> Like Lars didn't want Napster, and 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 like and now who's laughing? You know what I mean? Like, but the thing I, I learned this in Kerrang magazine uh, on their Twitter feed. Uh, so it, it, it's funny how that all reads. You know, you, you can do a lot of nice things, but then you know, even even Lars is told no. I do feel like Metallica <laughs> does get like. I was just thinking about that the other day, though. They, it's almost like because Metallica has stayed like almost so honest with who those people actually are, they have been able to get away with some stuff and still survive. Like, the fact that they got through that documentary and survived, they got through that Lou Reed record and survived, and, like, now, again, they're kind of, like, contemporary cool. Like, they did did survive some some things that that were a bad look. I mean, they may kill them all, you know? I know. Tough. Yeah. Tough to beat. Record works. Uh, yeah. Oh, works for me. There's definitely something there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pro Lars. I've gotten in a lot of... I like Lars. A lot of, lot of arguments about Lars Ulrich. Very Lars. nice to us. He was. Remember? Very he, thoughtful, man. He introduced us at a show once holding a bowl of fruit salad. <laughs> it was extremely <laughs> courteous. He was. He came up to me before the show and he's, he said... Uh, I, I'm not going to do a Lars accent. I was about to try. I knew it was going to sound like Borat, so I just I, I rescinded. <laughs> but <laughs> pretty sure that's not a good idea. No, don't done, do it. Done. But uh, he came up to me and he's like, "Oh, do you want me to introduce you guys?" And like my first instinct was like, "Oh, I got to check with the dudes." And I'm like, "Oh no, I don't." Yeah. Like I, don't. I, it was like the one time I was just like, "Nah, executive decision." Yeah. Sure, Lars. Sure, Lars. You <laughs> can go out with your fruit salad, and it's Lars. And I think it really helped because we we literally opened their festival in Atlantic City, or no, it didn't open, but we were you know midday on daytime. Their, yeah, on their festival in Atlantic City, and the you know first few hundred people in the crowd were like the diehard Metallicas, like oh, yeah. the fan club people who like got those seats, you know? Right. And I don't know if they would have cared as much if Lars hadn't come out. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's huge. I think yeah. it definitely it's a stamp helped. of approval. Yeah. They Since don't we realize... didn't have No Life to Leather in the set that <laughs> night, you know what I mean? Oh, really? No, we weren't covering it that night. <laughs> Maybe you should have thought about that. I, I told did you to buy those pants. <laughs> told you to buy those pants. We had a couple years there. You could have pulled them off. Give me a few. Give me fire. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I want to touch back on the smoking thing in a way that, like, what's what's like um, your songwriting process like now? Like on a like a day to day at home, like especially when you're managing like family and and like what's like some real tangible ways to like actually stay functional in that environment? Because I know it's hard. 
Um, well, when they're at school, I do a lot of a lot of work. So they both are in school now, so it's a little bit easier uh, to do that. But you have to do it in small increments and sort right. of. And it, it, the funny thing is that as your time gets more limited, so does your sort of uh, like you can't just sit down when you were like in your twenties and just you know write five or six songs in a sitting, and it just doesn't. For me, it doesn't work like that. Like the, it's much more difficult. I think because now you know people are gonna are, are looking at it and they're gonna you know, and then there's like critics who are gonna analyze it, and there's people who are gonna project things on you, like we were talking about it before. Yeah. Like you and you, you consider these things if you're like me. You say, well, I don't want to. You know, what if I do this? I don't want them to. You know, say that I'm I like these things or these things, and you know, what do I want to align myself with? Because if you I'd, it's really like, and I'm talking about simple things like, yeah. like, oh, he wears white t-shirts and crown, you know, and cars and, you know, whatever. Which I am fine with what has been done up to this point. I just don't. But you, you consider it, right, right, right. And whether you want to or not, and so the the real battle is that once you consider all these things, now you have to unconsider them mm-hmm. in order to be productive as right, a writer. Right, right. Sure. Because if you consider all these things and you start catering your writing to all of them, then you just become a catering scenario but i found that i have to go through the process of the catering and then go through the process of the uncatering in order to actually get something worth putting on a page mm. so it's a very long process it took me a long time to write yeah this record. when you say to i totally get what you're saying when you say to unconsider all that information yeah but i know like as a fact that that always wasn't easy for you uh-uh. so like like how as you've gotten older are you like having an easier time like letting that stuff like Go a little, or not impact you as deeply, I guess. Well, the only way I've found so far is um, to, when I sit down to write a song, if I find myself considering those things and like getting worked up about what I think people are going to say, I I sit there and I sort of focus on if I was on the stage right now with the audience looking at me, what would the next word out of my mouth be? Hmm. And what would I want to present to yeah, them? Yeah, sure. you know, and and just right now in this moment, if I was there and so, not sitting in this chair, right. what would the next thing I would present to them? And I found that that sort of frees me up because I do feel that the audience is less critical of you know they just they want to be happy. They came there to be happy. <laughs> right, right? They didn't come yeah, there to yeah, get yeah. bummed out. Sure, but, sure. I mean there are a few who just right. want to be bummed out. No matter Always. where they go, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. They want to find something to be upset about. <laughs> yeah. But the majority does not. They right. want to be. They want to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. So that is encouraging to me, and that's sort of my way of figuring that out. So and that, and so that just really keeping the focus on the people who like truly care for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah and yeah. specifically in the, in the live setting. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that helps, but yeah. The, I see it. Yeah, the re- I mean, other than that, I just start thinking of what all my Twitter followers, who's muted me, who's going to unfollow, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I go, Ugh. and it's always the blue checks. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's never like your regular, you know, ampersand name tag. It's a blue check. Oh, it's Mr. Blue Check. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking to you, Johnny Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> Joni Ryder, you too. Yeah, so (laughs) it's super funny because I'm so fascinated with uh, with critics and writers. Yeah, like I just think that they're fascinating people because their whole job is to dissect things. Which the way that I look at 
songs and music is dissect and and I'm trying to pull the the inner meaning out of Bob Dylan and you know and I've I've done that my whole life mm-hmm. and I've always wanted like I almost find that that's more interesting than my own work to me is right. to dissect this thing and that that's exactly what they do and I'm so mm-hmm. fascinated with the the writing that they do and the books that they write and I don't know if people know this outside of the world but Brian is borderline like Jeopardy Rain Man level on lyrics like literally can ask something from like an emo record in 92 uh, we both like oh, yes. one of those guys like, da, 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 da. and I fuck I like, up the, I like that I fuck up the beginning to like full house <laughs> like I'm I, I am the worst yeah. in the world so Brian it's has okay. been like my my like phone a friend for lyrics for years for lyrics he's what about other stuff? Like, do you remember like old telephone numbers and street addresses and that kind of stuff? Sometimes, yeah, okay. but not as much because I don't care as much about that. But like, if I care about it, I can. Cause I have a very dear friend that I've been one of my best friends for years, and he's got he's the guy that I got to call. Like, yeah. like he remembers everything. He literally remembers like the phone number that we had when we were you know in college together so it's for good. like a year. And I, and also he's the guy that I went to so many shows with. You know, there's so I, I forget. I remember I forget my the phone number when I've I was seen. a kid. You do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can remember my home I number. I do too. Actually, it's five three zero seven nine five zero. Call it. It's Red Bank. <laughs> yeah, you need it. You, but yeah. you had it's to not know my that phone number. number anymore. Well, yeah. You were fucked if you didn't know that number. I don't know so. about that because we had a bus system and there were cops and stuff and people oh, who well, would yeah. you know help. But, you, would, uh, you wouldn't have just taken a stick and bindle to the woods if you forgot your no. phone number. <laughs> no, I probably would have just gotten a ride well, home I with somebody. My, we make our kids memorize our phone phone numbers, our yeah. cell phones, yeah, so you that they can should. and they get lost, man. <sighs> yeah, because of your blazing paranoia. So yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just w- injected my kids with a computer. Like I, I cut them open and stuck Apple computers, Apple trademark, just little like computers <laughs> in them. There. Yeah, and I just, I just hit the find my 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 Mac. That'll totally work. button. So there, I think it's infected, but it's fine. I'm sure. <laughs> it's like LoJack. Yeah, <laughs> LoJack like, your kid. Yeah, you could have just LoJacked them for a lot less. Yeah, you're gonna get a call about that <laughs> one because <laughs> someone on the earth believes that I did that. Yeah. Even though I like, I don't think that's even possible to do. Like, I'm the anesthesia alone, I couldn't work out. No, but no. you know what I mean. Like, they there's someone on the earth. There's that always says, somebody ready. Hey, you know, I call them. We used to call them party poopers. <laughs> My, uh, I had a I had a friend of mine who who once very accurately described the internet. Like when we were kids, you were called big mouth, right? mm-hmm. and you would get punched in your face. Right. Oh yeah. If you said. A quarter of the stuff. That oh yeah, yeah, say. yeah, exactly. And so you know what the result of that was because I wasn't the one doing the punching of the faces. I was doing of the one avoiding <laughs> the punches in the faces. <laughs> mm. So I kept my mouth shut right. because I was not under the delusion that my opinion mattered more than everyone else's. Yeah. So I just sort of said, eh, "I don't think I'm going to comment on yeah. that one because I don't need to." Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean, like. No, it is true. I learned that it's, it's way later thing. in life. It's a complete reversal in society from the, like the complete losers. They now they now kind of have the loudest voices. See, I was born for this time. I've never yeah. known how to shut the fuck up. <laughs> this has been this is perfect. Yeah, but you, it's a difficult <laughs> thing to do because I, what I, what most people are are doing is they don't fully read the thing that they're commenting yes. on. Oh, yeah. So never, they'll read never. the headline and then they'll comment and later be like, whoops. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think there is some level of intent to, to deal with it. It's like, so I feel like, I mean, yeah, you've known me a long time. Like, 
sometimes I don't shut the fuck up. But often, oh, don't worry, you're muted on my Twitter. Good. No, good. you're not. You're not. The thing that uh, no, I'm just kidding. the things that always <laughs> like it's because things interest me yeah. and fascinate me, and people do, and situations do, and I want to like be kind of like abrasive and upfront because I like want to learn and I want to grow and life is just boring as fuck to me if you're not doing this stuff, you know? And so I think there's a different intent with some people who just are like fascinated with life and people and find things interesting and people who are just like hell bent on cutting everyone's legs off. I kind of mean like the people who, who are, I don't kind of mean. I directly, accurately, and very to the point mean people who are l- just trying to kick up dirt. Sure. And, yeah, th- yeah. and I, I find that very unhelpful. I feel like even we we had that in our relationship, which I thought was interesting. I think, like, through the years, like, you helped me grow in the way that, like, I think when I came into Gaslight and when things first started, I was at a point in my life where I was I was hot. You know what I mean? I was like, my whole thing was like, no bullshit, totally upfront, brutal fucking honesty with everyone. Like, that's, life's too short. That's how I'm going at it. You know what I mean? And me and you had a number of conflicts early on where I realized, like, you know, you got to give people a chance to talk. There's sometimes a way to talk to people to make them a little more open. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. like, and like, you know, I realized, I wasn't always going about it the right way. But I also think in the reverse that, like, I was able to, like, get you to talk to me about things that you probably wouldn't have yeah. otherwise. And, like, and like I think over the years, like, we actually kind of, like, grew together in that way, you I, know? I have just said to my, my wife, um, at uh, wife number two, that I would uh, be... Like, I w- if I didn't know you, I would have been like, nobody laughed at that joke, really? Wife number two? <laughs> Nobody's going to laugh at that? Sigh. No, it's a funny joke, because if I get to wife number three, then it's definitely me, and all the therapy's wrong. <laughs> you don't know that? It could just be bad decisions. Bad decisions. It you doesn't gotta, have to be a person. you got to understand why funny. me and Brad didn't laugh, though. <laughs> oh, because you have wife number one. <laughs> and it could have went the wrong way. You were like, why the fuck is wife number two funny? <laughs> what am I, Twitter? <laughs> I'm not, trying to front no, like that. No, come on. <laughs> I, I threw it out there for you guys to laugh. It was we're literally talking about uh, no, we're not gonna laugh. Relationship is great now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not laughing at wife number two. Come jokes, on, it's funny. Even though I know her, <laughs> she's, she's at home cackling she's on beautiful. the floor. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? Is, Just to get this straight, so wife number two is home is, on the floor <laughs> laughing. Yeah. Just a, to read that headline. With ma- <laughs> See, you know what I mean. I didn't say laughing. <laughs> now your Twitter. So the the I just said uh, the other day. I said I was sort of walking around with something in, on my mind, and and I, I was. I was thinking about something and I said, I said, you know, I, just so you know, like I'm thinking about this. And so if I seem like off today, it's about this. And I wouldn't have known that had not you said to me, like, you know, when you walk into a room, like I can feel if there's a vibe and it would help me a lot if you could just say like, oh, whatever. And, and then you would know that it wasn't about you. Mm -hmm. And I would say, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Because you're not aware when you're giving off a vibe, like, I'm not aware that you feel a vibe from me. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right. I think I'm doing a very good job of hiding things. But right. anyway, so yeah. yeah, so that's something that came into play the other day. I remember that happened in Australia. It did. Yeah. Um. So you have a record label now. I, I, yes. So are you, I do. You're a record label owner. 
I'm a record label owner who is also in partnership with 30 Tigers, 30 of them. So, and that, that's like marketing distribution house or something like that? The, well, yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, they're sort of a, like an all points facilitation thing. Gotcha. It's really weird because they're not a record label, but they're kind of like who you would want out of a record label. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, if right, you could right. take away all the bad parts of being a record label, th- that would be Thirty Tigers. Gotcha. And then um, they, they, so they help me, like, and they they tell me what I, you know my options are or what should I do. You know, like if I'm gonna make it, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna make you know peppermint flavored vinyl, and you can lick it. And they're like, well, here's that's why it's not a good idea, and here's your options. Mm. You know, and they like help you along with the different things that you know you wouldn't know. But yeah, like I I own. My own record label. Crazy. So how'd you get from like A to B? Like, was this uh, like on your mind when you started writing the record or like you kind of figured, like how did, how did it get there to like to starting it and stuff? Well, before, uh, okay, so the whole thing was that I had finished my second solo record um, when I did the Sleepwalkers record. Yeah. I, I It was on Island. Right. And then after that record, the uh, like... Own, you know, the like the heads of the label changed, and so I sort of was like, "Oh no! Like, what's this going to be like? I got to get used to a whole new group." And then, and it was like the boss; it was like my person, and right. I was like, "Oh no!" You know, I don't know what what the what if the next person doesn't like me or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what ended up happening is that I had to. It, that sort of made me think, like. What am I like? What am I doing? What am I? What are my goals? Why am I here? Why am I on this label? What What are your Have your goals changed since 2011 when we right. when we signed sure. to the record label? Because it was it was us that signed first, and then right. and then I I sort of like branched off and did that again after. So, and I never gave any thought to signing to anyone else because that's just what we had done for so right. long. Yeah. Um. But then when this change happened, I sort of said to myself well you know i don't know if i want to be famous in any way not that i would have gotten famous but i think that the idea of being on a major label is to reach the maximum level of people and the maximum amount of you know streams and playlists and blah, everything to the maximum yeah, yeah. And, and like nobody's like you know i kind of want to just put out a record and see how that goes <laughs> right. that's not the major label yeah, mentality yeah, yeah. No. and i i said to you know and then i i got really annoyed that i don't own I've been a musician for almost 20 years and I don't own anything. Yeah. And you know that situation that sure. happened with us where I felt very out of control. And I said, I don't sure. want that to ever happen to me again. Yeah, yeah. So I, I went politely and asked them. I said, hey, look, I know that you've just changed people. Before you guys get all this started, can I just kind of just maybe like not be here anymore? And I didn't owe them any more records, mm. but I did owe them. Uh, like they call it first right of refusal. Right, right. So I had to ask them, can I, and normally what they say is, we want to hear demos. But I think politeness works. And mm. they said, you don't want to be here? And I said, it's not that I don't want to be here. I just don't think I can offer you what you would right, benefit right, right. either one sure. of us. And they said, okay, if that's what you want to do, then that's cool. You know, and they said, we'll put it out. But if you want to go, then that's fine. And mm. so, I said, I, I want to go. And wow. then they sent me the paperwork, like, real quick. And wow. that was it. Like, not long, no hassle, easy. And, and you, were normally you it's a hassle. going into that conversation? Like, Big that could have 
gone another way, right? Yeah, because if it would have went the other way, they would have kept me knowing I didn't want to be there, which puts a bad <laughs> right, taste in people's right. mouths. So sure. it's a it's a risky thing. And then to they might have had you demoing for nothing. Could have demoed for yeah, the yeah, rest yeah. of my life. Right. So that was um, a risk. Wow. Big time. Cool. And and I think that like you know finding the the partner in Thirty Tigers because they they're one of the only ones who says. You know, hey, look, you, uh, we're going to work with you, and you're going to own your own label, mm-hmm. and that's cool. So they're not like, we're going to... Because mo- most of the indie labels want to own your stuff, too. And they handle, like, physical pressing, like all of that stuff? Uh, they handle it, but I handle it as well. Uh-huh. Meaning, like, I have to decide how many we're going to order. Right. They make suggestions to me. They, they direct me to who they normally use. Uh, but, like... M- I actually handle ordering and like what kind of like whether it's going to be a cellophane or a bag or oh, wow. you know like cool. is there going to be like literally I handle everything yeah yeah like the minutia of it right yeah, yeah so yeah. if there's a thing on the but but the good thing is that like if you're I also make the majority of the money on anything right. that's sold so yeah, yeah. you know if you're buying a record for twelve bucks most of that's going to me sure I mean after I pay back all the loans that I've and had to take. total creative control, obviously, to the, to the point yeah, of cellophane. I can, do, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Literally, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, yeah. Which, that was awesome. Because I, I tried some things, uh, even with the artwork, that I wouldn't have normally tried. Like, I don't know, like some, it looks kind of shiny ink. You know? right, right, right. I wouldn't have done that. I would have been like, whatever. Nobody would have ever asked me. How does I mean, it work? some people love that, you know? I mean, I, the first indie record I ever did was on Blackout, and Bill Wilson, who was the owner, mm-hmm. he loved doing all of that little right. stuff. Yeah, yeah, and if yeah. you've got a small enough like roster, you know, yeah. yeah, he loved he loved literally laying out the type on the on like the the album. You know, that stuff goes a long way, especially these days. I mean, you know, it's one of the reasons I thought that book, and we thought that would be a good idea for Gaslight, was that like if you're going to release physical content now, you need to do it in a semi-impressive or artistic way, or why the fuck are people even going to do it? Yeah, you know what I mean? If you're sense. just offering like a regular thin old record with nothing special on the inside, I'm, just, I'm probably just going to download that shit. You yeah. know, maybe. Like, but it's funny because it caters back to, there was a moment there like in the 70s when everybody had to, you know, when all those double like oh, yeah. sleeves were made, when people <laughs> thought, oh, you really got to, you know, because before and after that, records were just, yeah, they were just pieces of vinyl in yeah. a cardboard, they kept it to a minimum, but there was this kind of golden era in the middle of the 70s when all those crazy albums were made. Who were where, the kings of it, Brad? Like, who? It seems the like best everybody groups? tried to do stuff like the that. The Rolling you know? Stones did it. Stones bold. did some crazy yeah, they stuff. They literally had a zipper on the cover. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah there you go. <laughs> the Exile one was crazy. Yeah. yeah. I remember even, even uh, Physical Graffiti had that oh, cool, yeah. like, pullout with oh, the yeah, building yeah, windows. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. That was kind of cool. Yeah. I like that. Cool there was some stuff. fun stuff from then. See, and then, you know, you don't see like, and you know, my mom was all like theater rock, like, oh, yeah, like yeah, art yeah, rock. Yeah. So I have like Marillion records and oh. stuff that are like intense. There's a <laughs> lot. There's a lot going on with those like British theater oh, yeah. rock bands. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. The you, I think it's it's yeah, product. You jam on some Marillion? No. Man, <laughs> ah, I don't. You know, I don't. I'll I'll listen, Benny, if you really want to. No, you know, that's one of those ones, like, so I have, my record collection is split, like, I'd say 
about 60 to 70% of the records I have were like mine, bought from me, my collection. Then about 25% at this point were like my mom's collection that got folded into mine. And then another like 5% was my shady ex girlfriend? <laughs> oh, uh, apparently, like showed up to the house with two milk crates of records once and said, "Oh, this was um this girl's boyfriend. He got locked up. Oh, you want his records?" So I do have like a jail collection that oh jail should, collection. Might you sure you want this to go for. out there? Yeah, the maybe. Come <laughs> back. That's, and, that's like, why I have like, looking for you. That's why I have like eight Steve Miller band records and shit. So fuck that guy. Anyway. Wait, you know what <laughs> I mean? right. so I'm gonna tell you something. That you might not know about me. This is a recent thing for me. Ready you for to, ready you for this? SMB now? I don't hate Steve Miller. Band. <laughs> I don't hate. Is that the Joker guy? Yeah. Yeah. I found yes. out he's got another song. <laughs> yeah, there's another one. It's pretty good. <laughs> I, I heard it on the radio on Sirius XM. Yeah, I heard it. Do you know all the lyrics? Are Space in it? Cowboy was that it? Yeah, there's another one, but that's called the Joker. The Joker. Yeah, right, there's right. another one after after. And fly like an eagle. I don't know about oh, that, that one, but there's too? another one. Fly like an eagle. Those are his. Uh, is that his? Those are that's yeah, a big that hit. Big are you hit. sure that's him? Fly like an eagle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That sounds Into right. Yeah, I was. I was I was probably listening to the radio when that was on. He's like, he's old. I'm an old us, guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, but well, that doesn't validate. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. All right, check this out. So I recently I I, I really like some uh, this this jam band stuff, but I don't smoke weed. Yeah. So like, but I'm just really into it. What have you been digging into? Well, check it out. So here was my gateway drug. I went to uh, so I I am friends for a long time with uh, Willie Nelson's harmonica player. Okay. Guy, Mickey. Wow. And he's a great guy. And uh, Danny Clint's introduced me to him. And uh, Mickey Raphael's a great guy. He's got his own t-shirt and everything. It's awesome. <laughs> so, sexy guy. Really sexy yeah? guy. Yeah? Yeah. Very sexy. You see a picture of him, you'll see what I mean. Uh, I like that. Very. I like So, that. he invited me to this show. Texts me, says, hey, I'm playing in, in, in town okay. tonight. Which town in New Jersey just means anywhere in New Jersey. Right, anywhere in New Jersey. Right, I'm playing in town tonight. Yeah. At the, uh, you know, the old shed. Uh, you know, PNC <laughs> Bank Art Center, oh, right. 20,000 people. Which is over yeah. an hour from your house. Right, yeah. no big deal, <laughs> yeah. right? So, hey, would you like to come see Willie Nelson tonight? Come hang out. Yeah. I was like, sure. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would. American I would like to see icon? Willie Nelson again. Yeah. So I, I drive down there, you know, and I, I so I, I put the kids outside to chain them up to the tree, and then I just uh, I, I I I set the house on fire, and then I took my wife and we blazed a glory into the highway or whatever, um, and then we we got to the show, and and uh, Sturgill Simpson was opening up, believe it or not, cool. opening, yeah, and and uh, he was. He was playing. And I was like, I know, I know this Sturgill Simpson person. I was like, I think I've heard a, a song or two sure, of his. This sure. is good. So then I watch him, and he's he's twiddly dean left and right, <laughs> soloing, mind blowing stuff, blowing my head off. And it's just like him and like a couple like whatever guys, you yeah, know, like playing and like bros. hanging out, yeah. just bros, you know. And they're like feeling it, and I'm feeling it, and I'm like close to the front, I guess, yeah. you know. And I'm like. This is this is tight, like, you know, and I'm and I'm and I kind of funny. I was just getting over the flu, so I was kind of still like sick a little bit. So I guess I was high. But <laughs> oh, my, yeah, you might have some medicine head. Yeah, yeah but yeah. my wife was was next to me and she was into it too. So I was kind of gauging her vibe and I was sure. like, "What's up with you?" And she was into it, and I'm like, "Well, she's English, so she likes this. It's oh. got to be good." Yeah. <laughs> so so we were ripping right, and then they were going on and on and on, and I was loving this. And then uh, and you know, and I was looking around and I was like, "Man, these people are." 
into this. Like he's just blazing. And when the solo goes to the point of stupidity of like it's too long, yeah, yeah, yeah. he goes bigger and further, <laughs> and people go mental. Yeah. And they're like drooling, and I'm loving it. And then after that, so I'm sweating. I'm like praising Jesus and everything. I'm excited. <laughs> so and, you think songs are going to end, and it just keeps. Yeah, it keeps going. And so it ends, right? And then after about literally four days, it's, <laughs> so his set's over. Then Tedeschi Trucks comes on, and uh-huh. I go, I go. This is Derek Trucks and Susan Tedeschi. I've been waiting for this, and I didn't really know that. I don't know why if I knew they were playing. Yeah, yeah. So I like the elation went to a hundred, and. I like I I was watching this thing and I swear I started bawling when that that guy starts playing guitar. Wow. Like I he hit me like I don't know what and he didn't say a word. Yeah. You know, and this wasn't like like Susan singing and you're like you're feeling it. You're like, "Yeah, this is great." And she's one of the greatest singers I think left on the planet. You know, mm-hmm. she's like Bonnie Raitt and really good. But when he played that guitar, I, I like was like feeling it. I'm was like, it like tone, like just what I don't he was know. playing, like just something? I felt like I got hit in the chest with like huh. emotion. Yeah, wow. and I was just like, interesting. I'm like, I'm in, I'm in, yeah, I'm yeah. in. I'm like, uh, you know, I believe it. There's some some sounds, man. That just well, maybe hit it too. You. I mean, it's also like once you start taking some music out of the context of like a pop song or a rock song, yeah, it can just go to like way different places and like. I think if you're born and raised like a rock and roll fan, you're almost born and raised into the structure. It's just what you're comfortable yeah. in hearing, right? And those those people are writing music outside of that that box completely. Yeah, I never heard anything like that. I mean, That's cool. listening to punk rock, you know, you don't hear, like, I've heard Johnny Cash and stuff, but I've never heard, like, country music, like, yeah. Sergio Simpson. I mean, I heard Willie Nelson, but... I never like saw surface it like that. country music, yeah, 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 like the hits. I yeah, know the yeah. hits sure. from Willie Nelson. Sure. You know, like sure. you're always on my mind. I get it. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah, sing that to me. I like it. I'll cry. And those it's are fine. the then the ones that we heard are probably the ones closest to pop music anyway. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I never heard the deep cuts. Exactly. I never heard Willie's deep yeah, cuts yeah, until yeah, I went yeah. like live, and then I was like, this drummer's got no kick drum. It's like this is awesome. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, no, cool. yeah, they're cool. breaking my brain. The yeah. bass is the kick drum. Nice. And I'm just like, this is like, this is now. I don't. I'm an. I'm an. I'm new. I'm. This is yeah, freshman yeah. year. Yeah, me. yeah. And Love I've been it. a musician forever, but I knew nothing, and it it inspired me so much to go take like lessons and cool. look into, you know, playing and all that. And and you know what's funny is like not a lot of the needly needly stuff. Right. Like not a lot of just like blowing notes around. Right. You know. So there was no YouTube on there. Good. Which I, I thought it. was. I don't like that. Oh, I hate that shit. Well, you know I feel I like it's not going shit. anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been sitting behind guitar players for like 25 years, oh, and I'm yeah. like, I'm like, give me the, give me the good notes, <laughs> yeah, give me the nice notes. I don't want to hear this. I know. I don't want to hear you people masturbating on your. Well, guitars that's anymore, you know, you some know? of those like yeah. classic blues guys, like BB King and like some of the like old time. They they play three notes, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's and all about every texture. time they play yeah. them, you want to hear them. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? I've been on a Leonard Cohen kick lately, and like. Like, it's amazing to me that you'll be, like, into a song, and I'll be like, fuck, I I only heard that note three times. Yeah. It was, like, just this one beautiful, huge whole note that, like, started a verse or started a chorus. And that's literally, like, the melody to the song. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's exactly like the snare drum hit in the beginning of Summer of 69 by Brian mm. yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. nothing like that. It's perfect. <laughs> right. perfect. Mutt Lang, <laughs> reverb, compression, <laughs> just 
a crack through the sky. You know what I'm saying? Uh, dude, I've, I real eye opening stuff. I had the same way you just got into really good music. Uh, <laughs> I've been practicing next to a band called the Milwaukee's for years. Really good, like like ninety style rock band. Yeah. Guys all live in town, and they you have mean been, Jersey. Uh, uh, yeah, in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, in yeah, New Jersey. Town, yeah, Jersey. Yeah, yeah, town yeah, exactly. local, local guys. <laughs> and they have been rehearsing for a Brian Adams cover set. And that's truly heavenly, dude. I had no. <laughs> so I've going, been though. watching the film Real Genius. Okay, my whole life. It's uh, Val Kilmer as the, um, you know, uh, cool, eccentric genius in college. And, and actually, uh, Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite's in oh. it. He plays the guy in the closet. Very great film. But in this film is the melodic part of the chorus to One Night Love Affair uh-huh. by Brian Adams. But I've never known what the song was. And then the other day, I'm I'm practicing with Mercy Uni in my room, and I'm like, "What the fuck? It's a song from Real Genius." And I literally text the guy from Milwaukee's. I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" He's like, "It's One Night Love Affair, Brian Adams." I download the record, so into it. Oh yeah, it's great. And that song has a key change. I'd really like you to hear. Okay. And you got to tell me what you think. Yeah. Oh, I, I think his key changes are it's bar none. It's strong. Yeah. Uh, Brian Adams is a great songwriter, you know? You but, can't but I know argue. what you're saying with the drums because yeah. the snare sound is wacky. <laughs> no, it's it's like some insane anger it's shit. Great. Yeah, it's, you know? it's like, bad. Yeah, it was not a good time for snare sounds. No. It's funny, Everybody too, because was... even being on a Leonard Cohen kick, I'm seeing again, I'm like, nobody got out of the 80s alive. Mm, oh, yes. yeah. Everybody yes. got hit yep. a little bit. Like, You're right. everyone had synth. 100%. Everyone had electric drums, even the coolest people. No, it's true. You. That's so true. Yeah. I did not. Re- yeah. yeah, that is true. It's the same way nobody got out of the '70s without doing a disco song, right? Uh, Even Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Yeah, you go to Kiss. like Houses of the Holy. You're like, what's that? Like, what are you doing there? Even like some of the like yeah. bands, like Yes, I think had yeah. like a yeah. They all did it. Everyone starts bucking. Wow. So what? Hot <laughs> stuff. Hot takes. Yeah. I We're ask- going to deliver all the music history here right so now. So listen. I want to talk about the <laughs> I-Man for a minute. Okay, Ian Perkins. So Ian Perkins is now, Local Honey will be Ian's sixth album with you. Sixth album. Because it was two Gaslight Records, Horrible Crows, and all three solos, right? No, he was not on the first one. No. Oh, okay. Not so five. Five. So five records. Yeah. What, uh, tell the people about the I-Man and Maybe. just his, like general importance to you not only like for songwriting but just like him like what does he bring that that you need calm yeah he exudes calm right like that you know ian is since the day i met him it's always brought like he's like young mr miyagi you know (laughs) like he's just like really really good at calming me down who needs calming quite often. I'm right. an anxious person and you know, and I like if it can be taken wrong, I will take it wrong. Right. So Ian is good to balance that. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I guess to give people a background, since Brad warned me about this. Sometimes when I talk to people I know, All right. I kind of just kick into no. something okay. but realize no one knows what we're talking about. Okay. So Ian was towards the end of Gaslight, the third guitar player uh-huh. for Gaslight and played on our records and always live. But Ian started because he picked us up from the airport 
the first time we went, no, the second time we went to England to go play Reading and Leeds. And we played, uh, what, the, um, what was that record store? Uh, Rough Trade. Rough Trade. We played Rough Trade and then went straight to Reading and Leeds. And by the time we got to this festival, we were like, we just love this guy. Yeah. He's great. Like, he's just great to be around. Like, he's fun. He kind of doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Because I remember we rolled up to Reading and Leeds that year with Ian and, like, I thought that's the way things happened. And then we went the next year. I'm like, no, Ian did it all wrong. Yeah. Like, he drove us into the back, like, <laughs> right to the stage. We never checked in. Like, he was just like, <laughs> but but we yeah. liked him a lot. And then as the years went on, we, we wanted, we were about to do our first, like, major, major tour in the States with Rise Against. And we're like, it's probably bad to go on that tour without someone who knows how to change a string. Yeah. Or something like that. Like, yeah. we should probably start covering ourselves a little bit. Yeah. So we were like, Ian, you want to come? You know? And then he came to America and started touring with us and then became like guitar tech. A good, maybe the sloppiest guitar tech in history, but good. Fine. Um, <laughs> and then eventually Brian wanted to start um, singing without a guitar, like for a few songs in the set, like get out there, mingle with the people. Um, and Ian started grabbing the guitar and covering the song, and then it just, by, I don't know how it went from, like, A to B, where he just started playing, like, all the time. I think it sounded thicker. Yeah. And, like, it, you know, and and everybody liked him, so that, right. you know, like, it sort of worked out like that. Yeah, yeah, so he just started as our driver, went to guitar tech, and then through the years became guitar player, and then just this really, like, crucial piece of what Brian is talking about is something with Ian, right? Like he's, he brings like a social element that is just like critically important in a band. Right. You know, like, like that, maybe what, like that safe, almost place that everyone can go to. Yeah. That, you know, you're not going to be judged. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a critical piece to have around. Yes. I I, I agree with that. Like if you don't. Yeah. He's just like, he's just, he's the vibe Vibe police, right? You know, he's good. Make sure the vibe is up. The MC. And what yeah. about like his playing and stuff? Like especially these he's days, what do you think? Player. Like he adds to like, like the actual songs or or the sound of the songs. Well, he always has like a counterpoint to wherever I'm going. You know, like right. he comes from a lot of different. He comes from a more angular background, whereas like I grew up listening to, uh. Like very, you know, like what you were saying, like pop music, and he right. listens to like a lot of, like he would know more about the really spacey seventies bands, or right. like instead of going to punk, he would go to Fugazi, right. you know, right. or like, you know, even more than that, like Nation of Ulysses or something, yeah, you know, yeah, he yeah. would be more, way more. So if you're like, if I was like, yo, I found out Fugazi, he's like, yo, check out Blue Tip, and you're like, what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. and, and it's like right. that's what he would say, and you, you know, and he, so he's always coming at it from a different angle, right. which sort of is, it, I mean, it's always beneficial, I think. Sure, you know, yeah, in, that in other perspective. Way. Yeah, he did that to me with Fleetwood Mac. I, I like a Fleetwood. I Mac. was like, you know, I'm just like, yeah, rumors rips, right? He's like, bruv, you ever heard Peter Green? <laughs> Yeah, and then all of a sudden I'm on a journey. Yeah, for like two days. You know, I don't know about his theory that Peter Green's era was better than Stevie Nicks because I think that that's absurd to say. He stands pretty hard by it. I know, but Peter Green is is a great blues guitar player, and like he had a couple good cover songs that he did, and maybe wrote a couple. But like, it's no match for Stevie Nicks. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, 
cultural <laughs> icon just shredding things. <laughs> a pe- dope, you know what I mean? Like I, this is absurd. It's absurd <laughs> to talk about because it's just you know I stand with Stevie. Yeah, that's just it. <laughs> I, I mean, I always, I, it's, I think he does it for fun, and I do the same thing with Van Hagar. Mm-hmm. I just see the way people react, so I will always say I like Van Hagar. Just because it's like, just because, fuck you. Why do you care so much? Yeah, like, I'm sorry. I don't. I've never. I'm not familiar with them. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I feel like that's like. I don't know who that who that is. They made slacks. Okay, they made slacks. <laughs> Very nice slacks. But see, I I don't know. See, like, that always surprised me about who you. Cares? Too. Like Hagar the, wrote the meaningful songs. Oh God, I like both. You're pro Hagar. I'm. Uh, I know you. I'm are. pro Van Halen. I'm pro <laughs> Billie Eilish. I like everybody. There's not a lot of stuff I don't. No, like. I can't say anything nice about this argument. Not They're, the people that I don't like are probably people that everyone thinks that I like. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're not talking about Bruce Springsteen. I like Bruce Springsteen very much. That wasn't a subtweet. It wasn't a sub <laughs> subtweet. No. The, the, like I, there the people that I'm just like nah. You know that. I would never tell you who that is anyway, because I like, I'd rather say, what? Can I get one? No. One but just now. No way. <laughs> That'll never come back to you. <laughs> no. Because that's not the way the world works. And, and my opinion on their nah could be changed. Yeah, like, they yeah. could do something that's, you know, awesome, and then I'd be like, oh, yeah. See, Ryan, good. this is always why you've been smarter than me. In, well, it, it's in just, in I don't think it's smarter than you. I think it's this is like, why you didn't get punched in the mouth. I don't want to get punched in the, in the face. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I'm not trying to get canceled today. Uh, I won't tell the killer story. Mm. Stupid me. Mm. <laughs> I guess I have to say that. Basically, <laughs> quickly. I would like to note that I had nothing to do with this, nothing. and I like the killers no, a lot. No, 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 Brian. You were you the have. voice of reason, as usual. Oh, in this. my I, goodness. This was bad. This was funny. <laughs> so, so when we were, like, really young, punk band, and I thought we would never go anywhere near the landscape we wound up in, the Killers had put out that Are We Human or Are We Dancer right. song. Right. Someone had asked me about it in an interview. I quite didn't like it. Right. And I called them corn dicks, <laughs> which still to this day, I think it might be the only fucking time I've said corn dicks. Like, I don't even know where it came from. It's also a pretty funny insult. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not really a harsh. Yeah, look. you're not it's, like those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it, and, and I never... I talked, I said shit like that all the time. So I like didn't even think twice about it. And then like six years pass or something. And of course, the guy who's signing us to Island, his big hit in the music industry was signing the killers. So like, so now we're intrinsically tied to this band. We're on the same label. Same label. And literally our dude is their dude. Right. So of course, when these situations happen, the quick thing is like, Brian, you must meet Brandon. And they always want these things to happen, you know, where, like, everybody gets together and starts, you know, yeah, yeah. whatever. You know, like uh, Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson, like, yeah, it's perfect. Just, you know, hit songs. <laughs> or Lou Reed and Metallica, again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or David Bowie and Mick Jagger. Yeah. yeah. So, so History these, speaks. So this idea, like, oh, we must cross-pollinate or whatever's happening. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, they ask us to open a show at Wembley Stadium. Whoa. Which is like Wembley. Yeah. Wembley. That's the top. <laughs> a stadium of note, Brad. I don't know if you know this. Oh, uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. Big time place, it you know? The, the biggest time. And guess it what is email? Literally the biggest yeah. time. Guess what it's email we get or call that Brian gets about it? It's like, did one of you guys like 
call those guys corn dicks because they know about it. And I'm like, oh, motherfucker. I'm like, but it said in parentheses, or in, uh, what do you call those things? Posh- quotes, 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 quotes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See? I don't know. Uh, cor- corn dick. Corn said, dick. In, in, uh, in, yeah, in the quotes. only thing they got verbatim so, was the uh, actual corn so dick. So I see this. <laughs> And lose my mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I was ready to pull the bus apart. Yeah. Being with the my own hands. <laughs> so angry. And fair enough. Like so Like there have been wars waged over less angry people. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean and I go automatically to like, ah oh, fuck me. Like like sorry you know like i didn't mean to i'm like i never thought of it you know i'm like just in retread and i'm like listen guys i'm like i'm happy to like make calls write emails take it on the chin be like guys sorry it's running my mouth i actually like you guys you want to talk about it sure it's all on me i'm ready to take this on the chin and brian like with his hand in his head is just like Dude, just let it go. <laughs> just let it go. It'll probably be fine. Like, but but very begrudgingly. Like, I could tell how Brian's looks like Jesus Christ, Benny. You fucking kidding me? And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, it turns out, like, like word gets back, and they knew it was me and that, and they didn't really care because Brian didn't say it. Right. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, and then we were fine. And they never really cared. So you were right. That, that uh, it wasn't a big deal. And, and then the, the big news is that then, that now Brian and Brandon are working on a new band called Corn Dicks. Corn Dicks. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's going to yeah. be the, the superstar yeah. band. Corn Dick yeah. 2020. <laughs> it's, new- it's, on, it's on Never Gonna Happen Records. <laughs> we're announcing it here today. That's the big news. Uh, <laughs> it's oh my goodness sorry about that one that's fine yeah my bad um sorry. so we have a segment on this mind. we call mystery friend oh yeah mystery friend. who did you piss on who did you offend where you late to the key did you show up at the end put on your thinking caps it's your mystery friend so we get a funny little story from the past from a friend a mystery friend of yours and you have to try... I thought this was somebody who sneaks in at night and gives you kisses with a mask on. <laughs> That'd be better. So, That'd be better. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. That'd be better. Yeah. Wow. That's, I don't want to break into I know, house. right? It's kind of cool, though. I'd be afraid to break into your house. I don't know. I don't want to know what happens there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't own a gun. I don't, I don't even like I know like you guns. don't own a gun, but you've been... You've been burying things inside for so i don't want i don't want <laughs> no i told you i went to a lot of therapy wife number two remember You're totally clear no i'm not clear i'm not enjoying scientology but i mean i'm like i'm not clear but i feel like i don't think you i don't know if you get a so single like, off this record i'm clearer you should maybe start paying for the steps what clearer for steps? scientology oh i don't know uh, this. i don't know I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything about Scientology, so I, I, I have no comments about Scientology. Not give that we're not. We're any, not supposed to know anything. Uh, about I'm not about sure. I know that Tom Cruise loves it. <laughs> he does. He's yeah. strange. Somebody else loved it too. That bad deal. So I heard a story about a place in Bud Lake, New Jersey, mm-hmm. that you used to hang. Mm-hmm. It was a fire pit. Oh yeah. That you would go into the woods and hang at this fire pit. Play music, chill, do whatever. And the funny part about it was apparently the cops would come and bother you guys, but they could never do anything because you didn't drink. 
So you guys were just out there hanging and they couldn't they couldn't bother you guys? Oh yeah. And it sounded like a really cool thing from I'm assuming high school or something yeah. like that. I so, think it was like pr- yeah, early high school maybe. Maybe late high school, I'm not sure. So who would be mystery friend who told me this tale? Well, I would imagine that it would be Tommy. Yeah, it was definitely yeah, Tommy. Like, so yeah, yeah. Tommy would be the one who would do it because Tommy was there. Because right. it was a small group of like, uh, there was like a, a few people, maybe like 20 people. I, I don't think it was like a terribly big group, maybe yeah. less than 20. Um but yeah, we would all. That was like there was nothing to do. Like this I moved, is Hackettstown, right? Yeah. So yeah. like my I moved from the from the shore when my my parents like got a job or they did something, and and it made me move, which I was very upset about. What year and did you then, like? How old were you when you moved from the shore up there? Like ten or eleven. Yeah. And then like so I yeah move. I had friends. I yeah, had like sure. a thing. I had, yeah. you know I was I was rooted in yeah, yeah. I I knew my community, and then. uh I got moved up to Hackerstown, which is very different from Redback. Sure, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like there's no oceans, there's no beaches, nothing like that. And you're, you know, you're implanted into this place where there's like farms and stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what is this? And, uh, but anyway, so I went to high school and sort of did the thing. And then, you know, and then I made all these friends, uh, from like, cause the, the only place that you, you would go would the diners, cause they were the only places where you could A, smoke in, right. and B, stays open 24 hours. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, unless you wanted to go hang out at Dunkin' Donuts, but that's where, like, the real criminals hung out. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, shit every time always I popped went, off at Dunkin'. Every single time always I went to Dunkin' Donuts, some guy in his 30s, yeah. still hanging out with high school girls, yep. would try to fight me. Yep. And it was scary because they, you know, like, they had names like Spike or yeah, whatever, yeah. or, you know, Joe, <laughs> Charles. And, you know, and they would always have, I'd be like, you know you're not supposed to have a young girlfriend like that, right? <laughs> like, you know you look like a total perv. And then they, so then they naturally would fight you. Yeah. And it would hurt. You'd get beat up. So I decided that's probably not the place for me. Yeah. So the diner was it. Okay. And then I got a, that's it. So And then that's we, awesome. I guess we had a fire, which we did. We kind of had a, yeah, we had fire pits. And we would sit around talking, you know. And, yeah, yeah. Drinking coffee. Because sometimes you would go to Dunkin' Donuts. If you went inside, got the coffee, and left, you were usually good. Okay. You know, but there would have to be a, a group of you. Yeah, yeah, It would yeah. be a real melee. Which Dunkies was? That one on 206? No, it was the one on uh, four, 46, Route 46. Oh, right, right, right. So right. on up. Main Street in Hackettstown. Right, right, right. And I think it's still there. Somebody got arrested there one time. It was quick check for us. Yeah, Shit, I yeah. just popped it quick check. Couldn't yeah, go course. there. I'm like, I just want a fucking sub, man. Right. Just want to eat some cheese. There's two things. You, know, you can't mix coffee and late night hangs. It's yeah. just not a good idea. I, I, can see, I can see these frustrated cops, though. You know, like they show up thinking they're going to like be pouring out some beers, maybe getting a couple bags. Yeah. And they're like, what? You guys are just playing guitars Nothing. back here? <laughs> you guys are smoking cigs, playing guitars? What are you, listening to music and stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. You like, you know, and then we'd be like, you like Led Zeppelin? And yeah. they'd be like, yeah. <laughs> Which one? I'd be like, Led Zeppelin 3, dude. Tangerine, you know? And they'd be like, yeah, cool. And then like, they were always cool. Like, they never really did anything to yeah, us. Yeah, you know? they couldn't. Did you get to, like, know the cops in the area and stuff? Kinda, yeah. Like, yeah, we yeah. were we were pretty civil bunch of people. We weren't, like, yeah. not aggressive people. You know, yeah, not looking you've, to... You've never been somebody looking to, like, to fuck shit up too much. <laughs> Think seemed so. like I mean I remember early on too is like you always seem to like begrudgingly kind of like get into shit 
And you'd be like, oh, this guy tried to fight me. It yeah. sucked. I had to like body slam him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm like the that movie, The Last Dragon, when he says like, I, I do not wish to fight you. Yeah, you know, yeah. and then like the dragon comes out of him. But that's what happens. Like, there's like rage monsters inside. You know, <laughs> you've been like so peaceful all your life. You know, and then you like, yeah, I don't know, Brian. Uh, if yeah. you could, if you could like release like one nugget. About me to just ruin me. What would, would you never. do? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't even want that kind of power. <laughs> I don't think I'm equipped for that kind of power. I don't want to ruin anybody. I think, uh, I think I, you know what I want? I want the kids to stop. You, you know what I really want? What do you want? I'll tell you what I want. Lay it on me. I want people to stop with the instantaneous judgments of each other. Like, you got to talk to people you can't and twitter is not the place yeah it is 150 there has never been an argument won in that little time no you need to stop it and you consider yourselves all faulty you know what i mean everybody's been not nice in some way Mm -hmm. and don't try and pretend you haven't it's just stop it with this so how do we move please i don't know but but what i'm saying is i well i can tell you you move forward by stop doing that like stop i think laura jane grace had that figured out in that against me song like where uh you know like nobody's gonna call each other out tonight you know like and that, that i don't remember what the name i feel bad but that, uh, <laughs> i don't remember exactly but that, like there there is a place of understanding that comes and, and peace that comes but it has to be you, you you can't you can't this immediate sense of like i hate you you're done yeah that like it's that's not gonna work for any society sure and you know and and my my boy Barack Obama, he my that's my guy. He he, talk. he knows that ain't right. Yeah, it's not right. You're not getting anywhere. You're not going to get anywhere. Hey Brian, thanks man. Yeah, thanks. I'm for glad having you came. Me. Yeah, in. this was yeah. great. This was really good. All right, Benny. That was that was a, a wild journey, a carnival ride. The old days of spitting on each other. A magic carpet ride. <laughs> I love it. That killer story, man. Jesus. Oh, t- <laughs> oh, I feel like such a putz sometimes when I hear that. I do. Benny, Benny, I mean. I got a big mouth, dog. You've yeah. heard some stories about the old Brad. That was right <clears throat> in keeping with the old punk rock Brad. Yeah. I, I opened my mouth way too many times like that. I just, I didn't, it didn't have as big a mouthpiece, I guess, as you did. <laughs> but you trust know, me. It, Listen, we can laugh about it now. Nobody cares. It's great. (laughs) Now it's just a funny story for the history. (laughs) It's going to be one of those ones where I'm like old. I'm like 75 and just clinging on to relevance (laughs) in a nursing home or something. And I'm going to be like, Junior, Junior, (laughs) one time, Brandon Flowers. Oh, he... I called him a corn dick. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a thing. Watch. I guarantee. I guarantee. I still want to, we can still, I still want to do the band corn dick. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. But that was fun. So Brian's record's awesome. It comes out on March 27th, which is, I don't know, probably about the day we're going to release this, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, on his own label, it's like a, Totally different experience for Brian and a really cool direction. I'm I'm uh happy for him because he took a big step and 
sometimes people miss and he didn't miss, which is awesome. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> check it out. Check out the album. Yeah. And uh we're gonna be recording some more of these intros and outros, a couple more episodes and Yeah, maybe we've got some- a couple of BC episodes still to release. So next couple weeks, like keep an eye out. We'll throw some content out there. So I don't know. People try not to kill each other and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, this was supposed to be our big relaunch episode, and I guess it is. Uh, We'll just see how much longer we can keep up weekly episodes, but we're going to try. Listen, Brad, you know, sometimes you have a plan, and sometimes there's a pandemic. (laughs) You know? It could be life. It's just life, man. It could have been way worse, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're um, still here talking to each other. And one thing that keeps popping into my head is the fact that like literally like the thing we're doing right now requires something to like shoot up to space and come back down in a matter <laughs> of less than a second. And right. I'm like, if that's still working, it's not like pitchfork fucking time yet. You know, <laughs> like, like, like the general thing is still going on. I'm still, you're in fucking New York and I'm in a, I don't know, Paraguay or wherever I am. <laughs> And and we could still do this. So something's going right, you know? Yeah. All right. So keep your chin up, everybody. Thanks to our yeah. uh, really, really heartfelt thanks. I know we've got a few hardcore fans out there that have, yeah. that I would say have a lot of responsibility for us relaunching this thing because it's been your sort of constant attention <laughs> prodding. Yeah. A couple self-deprecating guys like us. This could have this could have went in a trash can real fast. We couldn't say no, so um, we do appreciate it, and hopefully we'll be back up and you know, kind of back up into the normal going off track mode at some point. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, keep up with things on our Twitter, uh, going off track Instagram, Benny's Instagram account. Um, I think I'm just Benny Horowitz on Instagram. Yeah, you know where we are. There's links on the website at goingofftrack.com. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll, uh, we're back and we're happy to be here. So, um, Brad, do me a favor. Yeah. Go shave, all right? It's this still is a my, normal day. This is, my, still a normal this is day. my Corona beer, dude. I've had this going. <laughs> all right, I'll see you later. Bud. We'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.